When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, thank you for for tuning in. Ryan, thank you for being here. Thank you for showing the fuck up. Thanks for having me. Sorry for swearing right away. Just right off the cuff, just swearing. Fucking A. I just don't even swear that much. Do you think I swear that much? No. Yeah, I try not to. Like you swear like the normal amount of person would swear? Maybe for the new year I won't swear as much, but... Uh, I think you fucking should, though. Well... Another F-bomb from Ryan Teos. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, thank you for making our show a priority. Thank you for listening to our show. If you're here for Brandon Routh, then uh, I appreciate that. But hopefully you'll stick around. Hopefully you'll like the, the show and go, hey, I got something from this. I, I like hearing these conversations, candid, open, real, and you'll stick around. Uh, the handles to follow us on Instagram and Facebook are? At Inside of You Podcast. And on Twitter? At Inside of You Pod. That's correct, Ryan. Thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate when people watch on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. You could also listen on Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that shit. You could listen on TuneIn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So you could listen and on just about every platform. It's free. It's fun. I, I hope you continue to do it. Spread the word. It really helps the show. Thank you to all my patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash inside of you and you become a patron, I'll uh, message you. And um, they get back to the show, whether it's 50 cents or a dollar or some people are top tiers that get packages for me every couple months that give a lot more. There's a lot of things on there. It's a great community. Patreon.com slash inside of you. It really helps the podcast. So if you want to help the podcast, then do it. Uh, more importantly, if you want to help uh, people in need, uh, echoesofhope.org. If you want to help homeless people, or I'm sorry, foster youth, this mm-hmm. helps foster youth. I've been on the, on the, on the other, <laughs> I'm on the board, and uh, we could use your help. So check out what they have, and you could donate. You could, uh, you know, uh, help out. They could really use your help. Also, foodonfoot.org. You know, my good buddy Rob Danson uh, works in marketing over there, and they could really use your help. The homelessness uh, that's going on in um, Los Angeles is is shocking, and uh, if you go to foodonfoot.org, you could donate. And uh, you really help people, and it's such a good cause. And uh, I just want to say that. Also, I have the Inside You online store. If you want to buy merch and stuff like that, small of the lunchboxes, autographs, this and that, go to the Inside You online store. Use the uh, the code Rosie Christmas Ten, R O S E Y. And uh, that's it. That's all I really have to say about that. Uh, I hope you have a great freaking New Year's. And uh, we won't be having a show on January 4th. We're going to take one week out of the year off, but we will be back the following week with a brand new season of Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum and Ryan Tavis. Yes, he'll be here as well. Next are, season. Huh? Are, are you excited for the new year, Ryan? I am. Uh, yeah, the last two years have kind of been rough ones. So, you know, every new year that comes brings, you know, hopefully some new. Brings hope. Yeah, some optimism. Yeah. Because now that we've, it feels like we've, I mean, hope. Turning <laughs> hope a corner. Christ, we've been through the darkest part. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So, I mean, every new year is like, all right, well, we can put the last one away. Let's yeah. Put, put that in a little box. I think so, too. I and think blow it's up good. the box. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's good to be optimistic. And I think it's also not 
uh, ridiculous to be optimistic. I think things will get better and um, you just have to know that. And also just be good to yourselves. Uh, why don't we stop chatting and get right into it? Uh, he's been on before, but uh, I think this one we even get a little deeper and I really appreciate him coming back on the podcast. He's a great guy and uh, loved having you, buddy. So let's get inside of Brandon Routh. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Look at that. That's a nice backdrop you have. You have a little tree. Is this the beginning of the podcast? Have we started yet? I mean, sure. Why not? Well, if we started, hold on. I have to start. Hold on. <laughs> you look very handsome, by the way. Very handsome. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Oh, oh, Brandon, you're here, too. I'm Brandon. What is that? Hello, everybody. <laughs> nice to see you. Hello. Hello, I'm, I'm Brandon, and I guess, well, I guess this is Brandon also. Um, oh, very strange. <laughs> Brandon has a puppet. Brandon has a puppet. He's Peculiar. talking Peculiar. This is, no, no, I am, this is a Brandon puppet. Um this is a Brandon puppet that my son made me for my birthday. Get out of here. Are you serious? Not my nine-year-old son, yes. With felt and scotch tape. What a good kid. How old is he? He's very first, creative. His first puppet, nine. Nine? I couldn't do that now. They went to the, the dollar store here in, in Vancouver to get uh, decorations. <laughs> and they had some craft supplies, too. And Courtney suggested, oh, he could do something with felt. And they was like, I'm going to make a puppet. And this is the first puppet he's he's he made. Look at that. You've got shoes. My favorite my favorite shirt he's got on here. What is your uh, favorite that, shirt? Is that are you kidding, or is that your actually a shirt? That no, you it's wore? the shirt. It's a shirt that I wear a lot. It's a shirt that I has got a heart on a skateboard. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> this is this is the Brandon Ralph puppet. So then I said, Wow. I they said, it. Hey, Dad, can you? Uh, Where'd the paper go? Another said, gift? Can you um, give me an idea for a puppet? So I drew one. I don't remember where my design is. But anyway, it's like a robot puppet. So I drew him a design and colored everything to a T. He made this other one. This is a second one. And then we'll be done with puppets. Look at but that. But it's pretty cool. Look at your son making puppets. He's a puppeteer. This, yeah, this is Bebop. 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 He's the next Jim Henson. Yeah. Look at that. And they're unique. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of scotch tape. A lot of Bebop. scotch tape. A lot of scotch tape. So we're going to get him a cold. Courtney says there's something called a cold glue gun, which I'm not aware of. Um, so we can get him a cold glue gun, which we think would be safe enough to use. Because so, I guess it doesn't burn you because it's cold. I don't know. So you've really uh, enjoyed this pandemic time with your son. Um You've had a lot of time. He's had a lot of time. It's, it's got to be difficult with a kid during the pandemic, right? You know, yes, yeah, certain things have been challenging. Thankfully, we kind of tend to be an indoor family in, in some ways. So it hasn't been uh, – it, it didn't alter our schedule too much. Uh, just before we had spent a lot of time up in Vancouver, and we're, we're back up here again, but just before the pandemic, when we came back um, – because we're traveling a lot and in our, you know, crazy schedule, sometimes we end up spending a lot of time together uh, when we don't have work or when we're on hiatus 
and um, and the transition from uh, Vancouver back to LA led us, you know, kind of being in our our house a lot. So the first couple months leading up to uh, quarantine, we were kind of like, okay, we got this already. We'd already started homeschooling because of the transition from moving. We were going to supplement the year with with homeschooling, and then um, so we were kind of already in that zone. And then it. Uh, Leo th- is thriving in it and we, we like it to participate and be his teachers. And, um, you know, it's going well. Who's a better teacher who, like, if you have to teach him math or science, is it you or is it Courtney? Uh, I, I do the math and science and Courtney does the English and social studies. Yes. We could both, and we both trade off for each other. Um, it just so happens that she's, better at teaching the English than I am. I, which is, which I had as an ego hit for me because, <laughs> um, I was an English major for one year only. Uh, and I wanted to be a writer uh, if I didn't become an actor. And, um, uh, what happened was, um, I would get too, I would get too picky with, I was too much of a, perfectionist for the for the English and for the grammar and when he was starting to write Uh, um and so that was becoming inhibiting his his kind of growth and expression and uh, now I'm better at it now I understand because I've watched her work with him and she does it in a much better way so so she does and she's great great teacher anyway but but one of those that's one of the reasons why she's doing she's doing that and I'm doing what I'm doing are you a patient person because you know my father was just so impatient with everything I did that I chose I don't want him helping me with my homework I'd rather fail I don't want him to teach me how to drive a stick shift I'd rather fail I remember he just had no patience how do you not understand this we just went over this how do you not know this and I would get so frazzled that I couldn't think straight. Uh, are you yeah. are, are you patient? Are you have is something you have to just like learn? With this is a child, I have to really be patient. He's not going to get everything right away. You know, I, I like to think that I'm uh, a patient person, and I can be, and I have been with him. School is is challenging in it, and raising a child is challenging. You think you're patient, um, but that gets tested all the time in various ways. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I am mostly, but with the math, we had a real challenge, uh, just going, working with addition stuff at the very beginning. And I had to realize through, uh, Courtney helping me become aware of it because we, Leo and I would, Leo and I would get kind of get back in these back and forth like why don't you, why don't you why don't you understand this why don't i don't understand that back and forth um every couple of days and realized through Courtney making me aware of it that he has a different brain than i do he doesn't i have to speak to him in a different way right. i can't the way i understand it is not the way he understands it so just giving him one example of how to do it i'm like well why doesn't that make sense it doesn't make sense to him um so i learned to ask him questions and say okay, I see that this isn't making sense. What part of it doesn't make sense? Or or what if we did it this way? Or being curious about him. God. So I think often, in, it, 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 like many things in life, when you're learning about how to be a better parent, you learn about how to be a better person and in relationship with every relationship that you have. And um, my ego was kind of getting attacked that he wasn't, 
understanding the way I was teaching him and is one part of it. But also I wasn't being curious about enough about how he was engaging with the math and asking him questions and understanding how he was feeling about it or what was frustrating to him. I was just kept trying to like, well, do it this way. Or what if you did it this way instead of asking him? And so, you know, just as a life lesson, curious curiosity has been something I've been working on being curious about people. Yeah. You know, um, I think we probably talked a little about a little bit about this two years ago when I had John. So thanks for coming back. But you know, when you talk about patience and you're dealing with a kid, but then you deal with the real world and Brandon being on set and Brandon having to deal with real, real stuff going on. Have you learned, like, I'm always the guy on set that wants, I'm already, I'm ready to work, but that's not how it works. It's mostly winning. So do you, have you have, have you learned over time to adapt and sort of like go, okay, I'm not going to, I'm just going to wait when they need me. I'm going to do, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to do something else. And what is it that you do? Uh, well, I don't know that I'm that productive off uh, uh, when we're not shooting yet. I used to have moments where I was more productive. I go and read or before cell phones became such a big time suck and mental energy suck, uh, mind void. Um, I used to read on set, but you know, the, the question you're asking me is, so I don't really have a great, answer. I talk to people. I try to, you know, be, be ready for the next, the next scene. Um, but, but waiting is, and and is a challenging thing for an act for anyone, but you know, they set up up the lights, they have to set up the, um, the shot and get the camera. All this stuff has to happen in order for us to move on to the next, the next shot. Um, so there's a lot of, waiting and sometimes you get brought to set and they're not ready for you yes i know those days you see a lot of you see a lot of a lot of actors complaining oh why'd you bring us to set if you're not ready and this and that <laughs> um me i've been one of them sure all of us have probably all of us have probably been there at one time maybe we didn't voice it but we're thinking it uh, and you know I, I, I these days i'm trying to f- see all that stuff from a more um macro view holistic view of the, the whole team right you know what Pretty much everybody's working to their capacity as hard as they can to get the job done. Nobody wants to be there all day. They want to go home, see their families. They want to do their own thing. Um, and it's just kind of reminding myself that we're all we're all a team. You know, the crew, the cast. We're all trying to make this happen together. Uh, and I, for me to sit there and complain is is bad energy right feeding off to everybody else uh on the cast crew is working so hard um so i don't know if i'm answering this question no you are you are you're talking about patience and i'm saying that i'm trying to see not just myself in the in the picture but but everyone else and that that helps me go oh well just calm down because you're just one part of this whole mechanism yeah they called you to set earlier too too early so take a seat so go back and sit down. Tell them you're going to go sit down. You let me know when you're ready. Instead of just like silently fuming, getting like, well, it, they called us and they should just let us go. And, so much you know, energy is expelled, or, or you know, when when you're just always kind of like upset about things. That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. It took me years and years to learn. But like, you're not doing yourself a service right now. You're not doing anybody else a service. You're just creating. You're you're getting more fatigued by working yourself up and expending all this en- energy creating kind of toxic environment. Yeah. yeah that's Just true. ask for what I've been learning to ask for what I need to know when I need something 
and yeah. ask for it within right. reason, obviously. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told <laughs> I me. I got found, Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside how do you how do you deal with i mean it could be a stupid question but i mean look you you're on set a lot you're dealing with a lot of different personalities there's got to be times when you're like 
my vibe doesn't really go with that guy's vibe or that actress's vibe or whatever, or I don't really like the director. Um, how, how do you deal with that? Is it something you can just like kind of like zone out and just go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with this. Or do you have a tough time? Um, do you usually work with, do you have people that you've worked with that you just really just don't really enjoy working with and you have to kind of pretend it's pretend time? I think I've had a pretty been um uh, pretty fortunate opportunity haven't had a challenge very often um uh, i have worked on i've worked on projects where they 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 unfortunately didn't have skills like from a from a whole like mostly crew production and in where where it was super challenging it was very amateur hour Mm -hmm. type situation um and i really had to just be there for the day i really had to learn to be the present um, not for the outcome, right. but just to have the best day that I could engaging with people that I did appreciate that were there and just like, go, okay, that cannot be fixed. I cannot do anything about that. Um, this is going to be a train wreck, <laughs> but I can either be upset every day that's going to be a train wreck, or I can just go, okay, I'm going to work on being as present and, and, and in the moment and enjoy my day to day as much as I can. You know, for me, everybody knows if I'm not happy. Every I can't hide it. You just see it in my disposition. My disposition is just like, I, especially if I don't like someone, it's hard for me not to to yeah. sort of not challenge them, but sort of just say, "Hey, is is everything all right?" I can't. I you know I've always had that personality where I want everybody to like me. I want, and if it's the one person that doesn't yeah. like me, I don't understand it. And mm-hmm. some people could just be like, "I don't give a fuck. I don't care about you know. I care about myself. I'm going to do my work, and that's it." But I, I come to work. I want everybody to have a good time. I want there to be a good energy. I want everybody to like me. Yeah. Is do, do people, are you, when you're not happy, do people notice it? <laughs> I think so because it's a dramatic change for me because I normally am on set. I'm definitely recognizing my persona is on set and then at home. On set, I am, I am a people pleaser i want to be uh i want to be i want to be liked i want to be part of the team i I want us to go you know um and i've had to look at that too to see who am i who am i doing that for right and and that's whole like boundaries issue um but i think people know when i'm not having a bad day because i i kind of i i wear it around and it's a it's a it's a fairly stark transition to me um, right now, I guess being engaged, being curious about you, and and <laughs> yeah. and being and and being in a in a in a creative space, but being in a uh, in a creative space, really energy. Um, and then when I get upset, it's very internal, and you know, I'm making eye contact, mumbling. Um, <laughs> yes. I understand. So, and I and I'm and I'm working to become more and more aware of that side of myself, um, because it's not. It's a very petulant, like uh, my child self, and also like a moody teenager um, aspect of myself, which really doesn't serve anyone and is kind of gross. <laughs> Does Courtney call you out on that? Is she someone that can just call you yeah. out? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, and so, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so, so people know when I'm angry, and, and I'm working to understand when I'm angry too. And I feel like at the core of that, when I get into that kind of spiral of uh, 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 that turns me into not Hulk mode, but but pouty, pouty, angry mode, um, is uh, is like just not communicating. Right. It's not as something is going on with me, and I'm not communicating properly to myself or to the person who I need to speak directly to about what's upsetting me. And that just festers because I want them to know to come to like them to apologize them to go, Oh, well, I've been doing this thing. I'm, you know, silly or, or, Hey, can I talk to you about this thing? I want them to engage, but I have to, I've learning, right. learning that I have to do the work to go, Hey, you know what? I have to be, I have to be the person to bring this to you because clearly you're not aware of this. Now I have to find uh, the proper way to bring it to you so that you don't, your defenses aren't raised aren't alerted and you can't you check out from the conversation and can't even participate um and that's a tough thing but when you work with people or communicate with people these are skills these are skills that people don't learn these are things that we need to be teaching kids in in, in school conflict resolution how to deal with conflict resolution how to speak to people instead of learning trigonometry or whatever else you know that rarely gets used in real life i think it's ego I think it's ego usually or an insecurity or something that we carry that is has really a lot of times nothing to do with someone else. I think, you know, like you said, you want people to apologize. You want somebody to approach you. And, and that just doesn't really happen. So it just festers. So it is. It's about learning how to deal with others. It's learning. how. I mean, that's it's very important as a child in your adolescent stage to sort of understand that and say hey it's it's a lot easier to just say hey i feel like there's a little bit of tension or whatever but let's let's dissolve that how do we do that 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 takes a big person and that takes it's it's very difficult to wrap your head around and it's taken me a long time to understand that as well yeah you know we just like i said it's not taught in school it should be a subject that's taught in school um you know we had i remember we would have the the um, the school counselor would come in and talk about fuzzy, warm, fuzzy feelings and cold, whatever feelings. I don't know. And we talked about emotions all a little bit, but not conflict resolution. It wasn't it wasn't something that happened every day, which it it it, it really should be. And that's the beauty of the privilege of that we have of the ability that we have to in homeschooling is that we can we talk about this kind of stuff all day long. If there's a he has a deeper question about something that his uh, social studies material isn't going into, we dive into it. And that you kids aren't getting that individual um, individual uh, time with a teacher going in in depth with all the stuff. and and right. families are stretched to the stretched. They're not as much not as much family time as they'd like to have to be talking about all of these things. Yeah. but, but it's it's happening more than it ever did before. I mean, you come you look at the the evolution of society, which is a very intriguing thing to me, and the emotional uh, intelligence of society, um, of our parents, and then our parents' parents. What did they know? What did they? Uh, how, how were they treated? What trauma did they put on uh, on onto your parents, my parents, and then the trauma that my parents, your parents put on? We all put trauma to some degree, emotional trauma on, on our on our on our kids, unless yes. we're really aware of it. 
And it's only been in recent time that people are going to therapy that are talking about these things. So yes. we can talk openly about mental wellness and and seeing a therapist. You're not a crazy person for going to see uh, a therapist. I know I shouldn't even use that word, but you know that to use the that the it's breaking the, the, the stigma version of it. What's that? You're breaking the stigma. It's like you're getting you yeah. know, you're getting rid of the stigma. Yeah. yeah, we're getting rid of the stigma of that and and. And so at one point I'm like so frustrated at people, but then I look at the macro view and I'm going to say, this has only been happening for such a small amount of time in, in, in humanity, uh, in humanity's history of like really looking at how we affect each other and how our emotions, especially parent to child, uh, affect the next generation. You know, what's funny is uh, I was just on the phone with Tom Welling, who was, uh, Clark Kent on Smallville for years with me. Who? I've never. <laughs> Who? Well, it's funny because you, I told you him. You know I'm, him? Well, I told, <laughs> I told him that I'm interviewing you. And he goes, I like that guy. He goes, but I, I, I got to tell you, I, I never thought, I mean, I never think he likes me. I don't think Brandon <gasps> likes me. He no. said that. I go, do you want me to tell him uh-huh. that? He goes, yeah, I just, I don't think he, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure if he likes me or not. No. Oh, I don't like that. Um, uh, no, I do. I actually do. I really like Tom in the, in the, well, I'm sad that he feels that way, but now he can feel hopefully, um, better about that. No, uh, (laughs) he'll listen. He listens to all of them. Uh, that's what he tells you. I'm telling you, he questions me about it. He goes, you should have hammered him so-and-so more on that. No, I, 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 I appreciate and I enjoy our time together when we've been to uh, several concerts together, especially the last one we did in England. Um, uh, I, I, he's got great, he's got, he's very charismatic uh, and I like his energy. And uh, no, I, I like the dude. I look forward to spending uh, more time, more time with him. We had an interesting first uh, meeting. Tell me about it. And I and I never asked him about this, so we're we're like sending, we're doing this through you. This is good. This is Um, good. Do it through Lex. Our first our first meeting was. I just got in the role of Superman, and Superman returns, and and had never met him before. And we're at Nike. Nike used to do this thing. Maybe they still do where you go and if you're you know, you get a whole bunch of free Nike stuff. Right. Um, And um, he was he was scheduled to come after me down this building down in Marina del Rey in California. And it's like, Oh, well I'll hang out and say, I'd like to meet him. I never met him before. Not even thinking like what he might be thinking. All I knew is that maybe he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to play Superman anymore. I, I didn't know for right, sure. Right. But anyway, we went down and he's, he's, he gets out. Of, I think he's a truck and I'm there with Courtney and, and I, and, uh, and, uh, the, the, very kind woman from Nike, Tracy, introduces us. I say, hey, how you going? How you doing? And for me, I was like, he doesn't like me. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very short, it was a very short, like, hey, how you, go- hey, how, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Superman. Ah, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, see you later. And that was it. So really? I'm that was it? No congratulations? Well, no nothing? Just kind of like. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. All I remember was I thought he didn't like me. Because then I became, because then I realized, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe he didn't want to say hi to me because he was having, you know, mixed feelings about it. Right. No matter right, what, right. he's played Clark Kent for twelve, his whole life. Um, and, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, you know, I'm kind of forcing this meeting, so maybe I'm, I'm like the bat. You know, maybe he doesn't like. 
And then, and then finally, I met him again at a years, years, years later at one of the conventions, like three years ago. Maybe it was the first one we did together in um, to, in, in uh, uh, Oklahoma. Right, could have been Oklahoma was, or, or something. Anywhere, somewhere, anywhere. And he was nice and cordial, and and uh, and it erased that, you know, that feeling because he embraced he embraced me and didn't seem like he had a problem. And um, I'll have to look on the fact that that he didn't. I think that I embraced him, but no. I, Maybe there's that young uh, feeling. I like you, Tom. Well, he, he, you, look, Tom, he likes you. Welling, Brandon likes you. Brandon, Tom likes you. That's just the way it is. But maybe there's something to be said about you're both young. You just got the biggest part of your life. He just got the biggest yeah. part of his life. Maybe there's an ego. Maybe inadvertently, it just feels like you don't know how to act around each other. We all yeah, grow yeah. up. Years later, you meet at a convention. It's all like, now we've done it. What's up, dude? God, I'm, yeah. I'm an adult now. You're an adult. Because you know people think, you know, what do you think of Jesse Eisenberg? What do you think of so-and-so? I'm like, hey, congratulations to him. I'm thrilled for him that he got you know Lex Luthor. And, uh, yeah. But look, is there? people will also say, do you get jealous? you get upset i'm like i don't get jealous about someone getting a part i get upset more uh, resentful about not being considered or auditioning or given the opportunity to prove myself or so that's the only thing i'll say but never with an actor you can't i can't get upset for someone they cast as lex luther you know what i mean totally yeah the the, the biggest thing is like is consideration for being told that this thing that involves a character you've played in before is happening, that is in your world, that um, that that people may weigh in and ask you about. And if you're surprised by it and you don't know that this big thing is happening, um, kind of speaking in very uh, broad terms, but, but it's just communication. You know, it, right. it's communication about about the roles with, that we care so much about. Yeah. You know, I mean, close to when, you know, when, when Small was coming off the air and if there was all that Lex stuff, whatever Lex stuff might be happening, you know, you being in the know, since you'd been the only person that had been Lex for so long, would be nice to know so that you're not blindsided by it. I think the industry can be, they can be cruel and they can be more, uh, what's the word, despondent? I don't know if that's the right word, but just sort of, they neglect the idea of there's a, there's a certain respect and I think everybody, everybody who plays a role, you know, we we deserve we deserve respect as do they, as the, do the creators. And I think that you know, it's like, hey, the kid from Smallville, I don't even know his name, Rosenbloomers or whatever. You know, he's been playing Lex for a long time. Let's just have him come in and read as a respectful yeah. thing. Just have him come and read. Let's meet with him. That's it. Even if you have no thought of, that's the only thing I would say. If like I was in a, a higher you know, creative position, I would say, Hey, yeah, Brandon Routh was terrific in that. Let's just meet with him. Let's just let, let him read. Let's just test screen him. Let's why not? He's proven that he can do it, that he looks great, that he's the part that he does it. It's just a it's sort of a respect that it, you don't see a lot in the industry. Yeah. That's all. There's, there's not like there's a chip on my shoulder. There's not. I love all these actors. I work with Jesse and he's fantastic. It's just a matter. It's, it's more a creative thing. Just, Hey, read him. Meet with I, th him. I think I think that in, in maybe even comes down to some courage, you know, on the on the behalf of the the makers of whatever the project is, because you know you might you you might say you have you come in. They might be worried that 
you're going to be upset with them and you're going to yell at them and whatever. Uh, you're going to have your own reaction and they can't, they can't deal with it. So they just like, it's not even, I'm going to deal with that. I don't want to look at that thing. Just yeah. don't even consider it. Right. Because I don't want to deal with the actor's wrath, you know. Because we all have the, that. We're all such angry, silly, mean people. Like egotistical actors who don't know anything. Yeah. Um, you came back, Crisis on Infinite Earth, to play Superman. I know that was a, that was a big deal for you. That was a big deal. Did you yeah. get, I don't know. I mean, was there ever a time where you got a little emotional putting that suit back on? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Really? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, thank goodness also because, yeah. Uh, you know, the first time was such a, so much pressure and that I was trying not to look at and also couldn't even conceive of and, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get to, and I'm gonna appreciate the next one, or I'm gonna, you know, relax into the next one. I just have to kind of get through this and but enjoy it. But uh, I didn't have the awareness that I have now. And it was just great. A lot of gratitude for for having the opportunity to to, to do this again for all the, the parties that made it possible. Um, and you know, the I, I've I've told the story before, but the first day that I came on the set. Uh, I was shooting the Bat Batwoman episode, and um, it was the first time I was appearing as Superman in it. And I just was, I, I thought, this is, I've already done it. Like, I've already, I don't, even if I, even if this was the only scene I'm doing, the emotional wound or scar that was left from my experience of Remember Returns was, 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 was mostly healed. Because... All the lead up to that, the costume fitting, the fan, the wonderful, warm fan reaction. People were excited and appreciated having me return to the character um, was validating and healing in so many ways that being there was that first day um, was was the most magical of times. And, 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 uh, and I was able to kind of relax and appreciate the rest of the experience from that moment. Cause I didn't, I didn't have to prove any, I had nothing. There was nothing more to prove just right. being there. The fact that I'd done that read the journey, not had the character for so long and still was thought of, I guess, highly enough or enough to, to, to reprise even for that little bit was, was a validation. I didn't know that I needed, uh, I guess. Um, but it was very healing. Did you, did you think that, so there was no I thought of like, how am I going to play this guy? Because you already played it, right? You already knew what you were doing. They didn't ask you to, well, well, in this world, we want you to play it a little differently or we want you to be, I mean, was there any sort of, or just, hey, you were this guy, just play this guy again? No, there was definitely, there was definitely um, a, a, some some considerations to be made. It is the same character, but he's gone through a lot since Superman Returns, um, having lost Lois Lane um, and a lot of his other, other friends killed by the Joker um, as you were kind of uh, mixing um, uh, uh, Kingdom Come storyline with the Superman Returns backstory in this. So it's a different, older, more mature uh, Superman and Clark, Kal-El. Um, then you had to play the angry, uh, possessed Superman uh, which is not something I'd ever done before, so I had to uh, tap into that and, and ground that. So there was definitely some challenges to to be had and and tweaks to the character. But I, I'd been thinking for a long time, you know, as I as I'd become a parent and and matured and started to learn 
more things about myself. And uh, I was eager to bring that wisdom to the character, which, you know, I think is, is there not even when he's speaking, but it's kind of in the not moving moments. It's kind of in the quiet moments where that, I think some of that stuff plays. What about the moments where you're fighting Tyler Hecklin? Because those yeah. are pretty badass, and I'm watching some behind the scenes on some clips. And what was that like? Was that fun? Did you guys have a lot of fun doing that? Uh, uh, fun, yes, there was fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> it's hard because it's also we only had one day or very few days to do it. You got to hit your mark. We're moving at a rapid pace. Don't want to hurt the other person. Um, and and the the intense focus that you have to have for some of that stuff eliminates like the super fun like it's all that the whole thing is fun right we gotta so work it's a here. mix it's a mix of all that i had fun i had more fun with the flying stuff like so we shot it in separate parts there's the crashes the window and the strangling stuff right and then separately we did the wire work and that was pretty cool um and that was all one day too we did so much work in one day i was astounded by by how much all that technology has advanced but that was a cool i mean that was pretty cool to to be flying together ish and, and like fighting each other in the air. That was, that was fun and cool. What about when you first put on, put on the suit again, the very first day you put on the suit, I guess it's a fitting and you walk into your trailer or something, you look in the mirror. I mean, what was that feeling? What was that feeling? Well, the, there's several variations of the fitting. So you go and you put on just the blue and then they have the blue with the, the, the symbol that's not finished and there's pins here still. So, all of that was very cool, but to be finally kind of in it and parade around, I took many videos of it and what it looked like when I'm running and if I, you know, f you know, do a jump and slow-mo, um, it was very, uh, healing, uh, and proud moment and just surreal. Why healing? You say healing. Again, it's the same thing, uh, when I, when I took on the role of Superman, that's not something you take on lightly. And I signed a three-picture deal. And as a 24-year-old actor, you're like, oh, I'm going to do three movies. This is going to be successful. Of course, right. I'm going to be doing three. I'm going to be Superman for a, for a while now. People are always going to know me as Superman. Had an amazing time making the first movie. And then it comes out. And, you know, it. We, as everyone knows, we did not do a sequel. So, right. and we talked, you know, in our prior uh, interview it was devastating yeah so all those dreams all that that future that i saw of myself as as superman in multiple movies and then all that would come from that the uh the symbol and the role model that i would be as superman and all that stuff that i built up into my head as a naive 24 year old came crashing down yeah, over yeah. all those years yeah you know? right and um so to be in the suit again to be thought of and to be back in the suit again. The fans wanted so, you back. The fans wanted you back, you know? And to know that, and to know that was, and I, you know, you go to conventions and I, uh, people would always tell me how much the character meant to them. I love hearing that so much. But to have that fully realized, that energy matched with actually being in the suit and going to film the thing was, again, like I say, on the first day of filming, incredibly healing. But being in the suit again was, was a full circle a full circle moment, which you, I don't know how many of those you get in, in, in life. Um, True. Not and many. I was just really present for that and, and in great appreciation for 
a great appreciation. You just look it. great. It means in so it much too. to me. You look great in the suit too. Weren't you? I mean, it I really, did. it really popped. You just was like, yes, this is, this is Superman. It just, it just, it, it felt right. Did it, did it take a lot of fittings? Were there anything that you were a little bit like, you know what? I don't like this part about the costume or could we, was it, was the whole costume exactly what you wanted? You had no questions, no uh, thoughts uh, about any of it. I loved the Superman return suit until I got into this suit. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, wow, this is, you know, I have great appreciation for the Superman return suit and everyone who worked so hard and thousands of hours to make that suit. Um, but this suit is, this is, I love this. I love uh, um, from the the design, you know, it's, it's mostly based on uh, um, Alex's, uh, Alex Ross's Alex Ross. art and wonderful art. You know, there's not much that's different from what he, from what he, his, his, all of his stuff. Um, but it just felt powerful and simple. The cape was lighter and it was this new material. So it flew that uh, floated yeah. and glided. And I would have like this weight pulling me back. Um, I love the shorts, the, the cut of that was great. Um, cause I don't like Superman without <laughs> underpants. I'm sorry. No, I agree with you. Hey, it gotta have strange underpants. to me. Um, <laughs> uh, the ad- S was bigger, which was a lot of people's problem with uh, Superman Returns. I thought it, it filled out the chest. Great. And the muscle suit the guys made. Everybody, guys, everybody, every superhero has a muscle suit underneath there. Um, whether they say it or not, everyone does. Um, and this one just, <laughs> it, 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 it was shaped just great. I made, you know, I had, I had a different shape. Um, after 15 years of weight training since then, Jesus. my body was different and more, more of a Superman shape also in a way. So they amplified and, um, helped me where I needed it. Um, I, I love this. I think people assume that, oh, they've got the body suit. They don't have to be in great shape. That's not true. Is it? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fill it out. Um, you have to fill it out still because it's still, it's still padding. And most of the, most of the muscles, some of the places where people need help are there's more, there's more pad, but some places it's like this and it's like this so that they can make a groove. So you can see the bicep, um, uh, definition when they're just standing still right. because an actor can't sit there and be flexed the whole time. They'd never, you'd never be able to hear anything they're saying because they're doing this the whole time. They're sweating and they would get tired. And right. you, there's only so many pushups you can do in a day to pump up. Right. You know, you're doing a shirtless scene, you, you get on you, uh, the floor and you do pushups and you do some bicep curls and you do your shirtless scene, but you're in a suit all day. You can't do that. So it's, it's imperative that you have that uh, underneath that bodysuit, muscle suit, whatever you want to call it, to help you look like a superhero all the time, even when you're standing still. Right. So that's why everyone has them. Jason Momoa is huge. Zach is huge. Henry Cavill was huge. I was huge for our, your own body, body, body type. But in order to, it's a movie. It's not reality. You have to make those things, those um, accommodations. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. How was it? I know you're coming, you're coming back, right? For an episode of the flash. Mm-hmm. Superman is right. You're Superman. No, yeah, Adam. Oh, that's there's Ray a, Palmer. The, yes. So he's coming back in a, in a flash episode coming out relatively soon. The September, uh, November 19th. I think it's the beginning of, they're doing like a mini, mini crossover. The right. First five episodes of flash. And so Ray and the Adam are in the first, uh, the first episode. Right. And you did the hundredth episode, right? episode of flat of legends yep and now how now how was that like um finding out like they're like hey we're not going to um have your character return in legends was that i mean did they do you right did they approach you right did they tell you that this is going to end in the in the way you wanted to hear it is there a way you want to hear it you mean what you know when we were done on, on season five yeah well, we, I mean, we, 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 we talked about that. I don't think I talked at length about that in our last. Oh yes, you did. You did, I, by the way. I won't, I won't go back into that. Um, uh, and that's been, uh, you know, the last two years and pandemic and all that, everything happening in the world has been a lot of time to reflect and, and, and process that whole experience. Uh, and, um, ultimately it's been a journey for me of, of learning, uh, and appreciating and uh, cultivating my own self-worth. Yeah, well, they keep bringing um, you back, so it's not like they didn't like you. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, people make decisions. Right. People make, some people, sometimes people make good decisions, and sometimes people make <laughs> bad decisions. Right. Um, bad decisions happen all the time. All the time. Um, all the time. And sometimes they affect us uh, negatively, and we can choose to be upset with that for the rest of our lives, or we can work to come to terms with it, I guess. Right. And to find, as they say, make lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's what, that's what I've been working on doing. And I think I can speak for Courtney and saying the same thing. Um, and knowing, meanwhile, by fan reaction and, and all the love we've gotten over the last couple of years, that even though one person made this decision, that was a bad decision, um, nobody supports that. Right. Nobody has supported that decision. Um, uh, and, uh, and so that's one reason why, one of the reasons why we said yes to right. come back because uh, I, we knew that it would, it would be that fans would appreciate it. Um, and also we, you know, uh, we, we, we made sure that in coming back, that we would be that we were standing on our own worth and and made our own uh requests to make sure that we were felt like we were being respected yes and that happened this time around so yeah we were happy to be a, a part of it and uh and also get an opportunity to work again with with wentworth uh and and victor and falk uh some people who who in france also who didn't have as much opportunity to be in the the season four energy of legends kind of more goofy open so it was fun to kind of play with them in that new sandbox that the show had become where it wasn't 
it wasn't that way as much when they started out. You know, it comes back to respect. Like you said that you felt like when you went back, you respected. I think that, you know, a lot of people don't know, but I'm sure they do when they asked me to do Crisis on Infinite Earth. Um, you know, it was more like, we don't have a script. This is all you're getting and that's it. And you're going to either say yes or no. And I was like, well, how could I say yes to that? There's like absolutely yeah. zero respect. There's no script. There's no money. There's no nothing. So I had no choice to come back. But it sounds yeah. to me like they were like, hey, we're treating Brandon with respect. We're treating him right. We're going to take care of him. We, we made sure that we ensured that that was happening. Good. I like I like that. I'm glad you took care of that. Yeah. Uh, what What is the truth of a, a Ray Palmer, uh, Adam spinoff series? I know there was a, some early talks with Berlanti about that, but that never kind of uh, materialized. Uh, I mean, I, uh, obviously, I'm always open to that. Um, no one has spoken to me about it, uh, except for me internally going, yeah, it'd be a good show. Um, <laughs> um, but I love Ray Palmer and, and would love to continue uh, playing Ray Palmer. What's the, the maybe it's just uh, hearsay, but uh, is it the, the role of Superman they were talking about, maybe an HBO series potentially, or any further talks about that or anything like that? Did you hear about um, that? Uh, I mean, I've heard I've very kind people on Twitter and people tweeting me. <laughs> okay, so it's the same sort of people. It's not anybody of like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have, uh, I am, I am interested in that type of a situation. So I've sure. kind of, I have, I have um, floated questions and, uh, but you know, there's a lot going on with Superman right now. There are several projects already, uh, uh, far along at HBO and at Warner brothers. Um, so, and with Tyler, you know, doing kicking ass, uh, on, on Superman and Lois, um, there's not, there's a lot of Superman that's going to be happening right now. So, so many Superman, you know, maybe, maybe in a few years. It's a possibility. I never say no to anything these days no, because of what happened. So, um, so uh, you know, I have, I have, I have, I have positive thoughts that um, there may be a, a reprisal again someday of, yeah. of, of my Superman. I mean, to what to what extent I don't know. Right, the rookie with uh, Nathan Fillion. How how, how much yeah. do you enjoy doing that? That was interesting. I love Nathan. Uh, has been a friend for a while, and and he called up and said uh, during the middle of the pandemic, said, "Hey, would you like a job?" I said, "Yes." Uh, <laughs> that's not what he said, but that's that's what I received. Um, and he said, "Oh, it's this. You know, I'd love to have you come on. This is you know, nice arc on on our show. We want to play against type. Um, it's this cop who we kind of think is an okay guy, but then he's he's." Um, pretty racist uh, police officer and we we realize you know this you know through the course of his arc i said well let me think about that um and i thought you know this is of the moment it's something uh top of it needs to be talked about and discussed and that's what i want to you know when i'm sometimes sometimes you play characters that are just fun and it's just to uh, give people an escape from their day and sometimes you play stuff that is important for the social moving the social uh uh, agenda forward. And sometimes you're the bad guy part of that. Right. So I took it as a great opportunity for that to learn, to grow as an actor um, and to, to see how I could do uh, to, to play that role. So. Yeah. yeah. It's hard Hopefully jumping it in good. too. It's hard jumping into something that's already like a success, right? Yeah. It's they were in their third season and doing great. And then it was peak, peak pandemic, like face shields, masks, testing three times a week. 
you can't, I don't, really hard to meet anybody and to have, create that camaraderie on set, which I so much appreciate. Right. That's one of the, my favorite things about being on set is creating that film family, TV family. So it took longer to kind of initiate that or to, to, to grow that, but uh, all the, they were great cast and crew and had a lot of fun working with all of them. What's magic the card game? Because uh, my engineer, Ryan, kind of geeked out a little bit. He's like, oh yeah, of course. He kind of geeked out. Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I did it. Magic the uh, Gathering. What did I say? What did I say? Magic Magic the the card game. Magic the card game. Why did I say that? I don't know. Magic the (laughs) Gathering. Because you don't play Magic the Gathering. Yes, Magic the Gathering. Tell me about Magic the Gathering. Uh, Well, it's it's a card game that's been around for more than 20 years, 25, 30 years. I started playing when I was 16. I think I remember buying my first pack at the Iowa State Fair. I was, uh, I was, I was on a break um, from uh, making corn dogs at uh, the corn dog stand that I worked at for the for the ten days in the summer. Right. And uh, I bought a, I bought a, a, a bought a, a couple packs and a, like a deck, a pre-made deck. Um, and I was just fascinated by the whole thing for, for years, but there was never, I didn't have enough, there were never enough people around me to play. Um, but I always enjoyed it. And then I cousin. And so I have thousands of cards, you know, collection. And, uh, anyway, so they asked, uh, to do a voice, um, for the new animated series coming on Netflix next year. Um, so it's a cool thing. Excited to be a part of It's so cool when you get to be excited about some, you get to be a part of something that you're already excited about. And your, your child will probably be excited about Leo. I, I think he's not into magic yet, but, uh, he's only nine. So, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's someday. time, there's time. Yeah. Uh, how is it working with your wife? I mean, how much do you like working with your wife, especially like in the crossover and doing all these things? What was that like? I, I love it. Um, we have, you know, we've done, I can't even lose track of how many projects we've done together, four or five. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a relaxed, relaxed energy because we know we can trust each other. So that allows us, especially in comedy, to, to play, to create new moments. Uh, a lot of this, the magic that's in Legends of Tomorrow in our episodes um, is, is stuff that we're, we're either talking about at home before we get, get there, or we say, what if we did this? Or it's just happening on the moment. And I know that she's so skilled and t- talented that she's going to roll with it if I do something. Right. You know, um, little stuff where we're walking down the hallway, sneaking onto the ship, and um, she doesn't know where she's going. So she goes one way and I go the other way. We bump into each other and it was like an awkward, you know, silly <laughs> physical comedy moment. Yeah. Just small things, but they just add to add to it um and so that makes it really fun to be able to 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 come to work to know that i can rely on my scene partner and i don't have to i don't also i don't have to do as much work yeah and the fact that you get along with her it's good that you get along yes (laughs) do you think leo will ever want to act has he ever thought about it has he ever talked to you about like dad i want to play a character uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we got puppets. We, he's made various movies of different genres, <laughs> yeah. storyboards. I've written stories that he's, dic- I, you know, he's dictating and I'm, uh, writing it down. Uh, he, we did this thing for Quibi before it went away with, uh, Jason Reitman, who had us do, you know, the uh, Princess Bride 
home movie, homemade Princess Bride thing that we did. And he awesome. asked Courtney and I to be a part of it. And then we enlisted Leo to be an R.O.U.S. Um, a rat of unusual size crawling through the fire swamp. So that's his first role. He's credited with on IMDb, no lines, but uh, I think growling. Uh, and then I did this, it just is up here. One of the things I'm doing up here is uh, this Hallmark movie, a sequel to this Christmas Hallmark movie I did in 2014. And uh, this big Christmas scene, Santa photo op thing. And uh, we have practiced with Leo a little bit, like stand on the line and say, stand on the tape, here's your mark and say your line. Cause he's talked about wanting to, to be an actor. And um, so we have to go to class. You have to learn how to do stuff and you have to listen to the director. Um, anyway, so we've kind of been preparing him if right. he wants to continue, you know, look into it more, but we got him. He's an, he's an extra anyway, in the movie, I got him a, a little thing in the movie. So in the, in the movie, so, um, which I think will stay in the cut. Um, I love this. And as he was so, he was so excited. He was more excited than we knew he was going to be. He was so excited about it. He did an awesome job and it was just so cool, even though I don't have dialogue with him or, but I see him in the scene. I'm in the scene with him and it's like, that's my son over there. It was How such cool a trippy, surreal, cool, cool thing. So, so yeah, who knows if he'll do more, but he's going to be in film and television. It seems like in, some in the arts, capacity. whatever it manifests into as he right. grows. I don't know. I have to ask you, I didn't ask you about this, but the Christina Aguilera video, I mean, just for shits, for shits and giggles. I mean, how was she to be on set with? And it was just, I mean, you were, how old were you? I was, when I first came out here, I was 21. So it had to be kind of exciting. She's a big singer at that point. Yeah. I didn't even know. I I didn't know who she was. I I just heard the song on the radio. Um, And then it was like modeling. I got through my modeling agency at the time, modeling casting call. You know, I wasn't the lead guy. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't the lead guy, like her boyfriend. I was just one of the, the badly dancing guys on the sideline. Right. Um, but that was the first. I wasn't the first I'd done one episode of TV before that, but this was kind of a cool, like hip, hip thing. And, uh, she was fine. She was very, she was very new to it too. So she was kind of quiet and sticking to herself. I think it's a lot for her. I think it was only the first or second music video that she'd done. Right. And I didn't really, I didn't really ever chat to her because but it was fun. You like doing it was music one of video. like 30 other, other guys, but it was fun and cool. And I thought it was a pretty neat thing, um, to be a part of. And, uh, a funny thing certain to, to look back and say, Oh, there's my arm. Oh, there's my face, but there's, <laughs> there I'm dancing. Do you think, would you love to just somebody to say, Brandon, I want you to gain like 20 pounds and just be a fat schlub in a movie. I don't want you to be the good looking ripped up Brandon. I don't want you to be this, the cop Brandon or the Superman Brandon or the Ray Palmer. I want you to be schlubby Brandon. You're looking at me like you don't really like that. It's just not healthy. (laughs) It's just not, uh, there's not a really healthy way to do that. Well, I know too much. I know too much about health, health and the body and, and, uh, damage to the body that, you know, the pandemic was bad enough. I've been my schlubbiest during the pandemic. Uh, you know, Leo had to do his 
his eighth, um, you know, annual well child annual visit with a doctor on the zoom and we needed to weigh him and we didn't have a scale. We didn't, didn't have it. We don't believe in like the need for scales. Um, it's fine to have one, but anyway, we just didn't have one. So we bought one on Amazon and we get it and I'm trying it and I step on it. I'm like, I don't think this is right. This is recalibrated. This is like 15 pounds off. Courtney gets on the scale. She's like, yeah, it's like at least like 10 pounds off. I go, yeah, it's, I probably have broken or something in the shipping. So I go in and get a 25 pound weight and I put it on there. 25 pounds. Oh Scale's not boy. broken. Oh. I have gained 15, 15 pounds. Right. And that's being kind. Um, Cause I wasn't sure where I started out. Um, but I was in like some of the best shape of my life coming off of, Re, 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 returning as Superman, right? And then fast forward in a year later, and I then I was like, then every time I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh yeah, no, those are, that's 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 weight. You, you swelled up. Some, you swelled you up. Put on some weight. <laughs> it just took a while, right? Um, and I didn't. I didn't really like it. You didn't um, like it. So I've been, you know, been more active lately and and shedding some of that and getting back into uh, a better fighting weight. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I would maybe. It depends on the director. It depends on the project. Look, if it's an amazing thing and I have to, I, you know, I make it work or get just, you know, get the, the, the large suit, the larger suit. suit, Yes. uh, To, to do that kind of stuff. Uh, This is, this is called shit talking with Brandon Ralph. This wraps us up. These are rapid fire uh, you might be feel like you're a little redundant in answering these questions, okay. but so be it. Um, Misha H, did you like playing two roles on a crossover? I did. It was a very awesome experience. Was it difficult? It was difficult just in that I had to make sure that there was a difference between Ray and Clark. Right. And uh, between the Adam and Superman, um, which I knew there was, but I had never had to like analyze it because I had to then do i had to show my picture double the mannerisms and the physicality while if we were both in the same scene so that he could do play me while i was playing me right 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 uh nico p what was the feedback like after your last appearance on the inside of you podcast did you get a lot of a good feedback on that yeah i did yeah absolutely people um very uh thankful for some of the things that i opened up about and discussed and um uh yeah Good. Uh, it, was, okay. it was nice to hear that that was, you know, that sharing that kind of stuff was 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 helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I loved having you. I love having you again, Scott J. Did you find it refreshing to play a darker and morally ambiguous character in the Rookie after playing so many good upbeat characters in the past? I mean, you sort of answered that, but ultimately, yeah. I don't know if it was. Ref- I think about refreshing. I think I feel. I feel like I leveled up a little bit things I could have done differently in, with that role too, relaxing into it and just like fully embracing him more. Um, uh, but, uh, but only ultimately I feel good in that I, that I learned some valuable, some valuable things as an actor and as a person. Tom and which Brandon's favorite item to sign at a convention for the fans. Oh, favorite item to sign at a convention. Ah, oh, uh, Huh. I don't know. Uh, I like signing. Um, people bring in like the the S shield. Oh yeah. Uh, those are kind of cool. Or like when it's a big statue, sometimes they bring in just the plate, the base of the statue. Yep. Um, 
those are kind of cool and challenging to sign. Do you have dolls or figures at your house that you like when Superman came out or even from Flash or, you know, just like the crossovers and, and Legends? Do you have action figures? Yeah, I mean, we have the action figures. They're not on display or anything. We haven't quite gotten to the point where we're we don't have a space in our house to really do that adequately. We don't, I don't have like right. a trophy room. Um, maybe someday in a house we will do something like that, but, but they, I have them around and usually what what's happened is Leo's playing with them and they lose an arm, uh, you know, especially the Adam stuff. And um, Courtney, Courtney has stuff of her too from, uh, from, uh, the fall from fallout, uh, oh, wow. three, which she had a voice for, and she was just, she just pop, uh, Nora stuff too. But anyway, that's awesome. Bob K, last question. Favorite classic film you would remake and star in? Ooh. I mean... Um, it could even be a favorite movie of yours. Yeah. Uh, um, Braveheart is my favorite movie. Nice. What a good one. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know that I could do that role justice uh but also let's see what else like um money python and holy grail i could love to be <laughs> you'd love to remake that and be a part in that one 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 scene in that i don't know who i would be but work on my british accent i'd be the knight <laughs> you know that when he can't cross and he cuts his your, your freaking arms off I'll kick you to death. I'll... Black Knight. Yeah, yeah. the Black Knight. I, I'd play the yeah. Black Knight. That would be fun. Um, why not? Dude, this has been a blast. I, I, I love talking to you. You're so open, forthcoming. And um, like you said, I'm, like people said, it, I think people really enjoy hearing your stories and hearing the truth, hearing, you know, just like, you know, how you're feeling and how you're doing. And ultimately, I think, you know, it just sounds like you got your shit together and you're you're working and you're enjoying life and you're enjoying the kid and your family. Yeah, you know, working on it all the time. I still slip up uh, more than I want as far as, you know, being a, the best communicator and always, you know, working to be a better teammate, better dad, uh, a better castmate. Um, you know, I think one thing I'm learning on, learning about is just, is, 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 is boundaries creating better boundaries and expectations for myself and what other people have expectations for me and coming on here and being a part of this, uh, and not, uh, trying to evangelize, but just, you know, speak my truth. Straight shooter, my man, straight shooter. Always, always appreciate you. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast again. I yeah. appreciate you allowing me to be inside of you again. This has been fantastic. I can't wait to actually hang with you. And, uh, you know, you're in Vancouver right now, right? Yes. And in your filming, uh, I finished filming for now, um, and, um, possible things brewing of, of being somewhere else, but might just stay up here. It feels nice and safe and sane. <laughs> and a little, in, a little sane in the old cove. Yeah. All right. All my love to you, man. And I hope to see you soon. Thanks. All right, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks Good to for see you. Me. Of course. You know, Ryan, you can just tell that, that you know, Brandon's a genuinely good guy. Oh yeah, he, you could just tell he's a good dad. He's a good husband. He tries. Mm -hmm. He tries hard. He listens. He's matured. Um, when I listen to guys like him or guests like him, I, I you know you want to be a better person. <laughs> You're like, ah, this guy's a good guy, and uh, I always wish him the best. And he's got such a great attitude, and he just talks about you know the reality of it all. How you do get down. You do get depressed. You do get anxious. You do. You're not happy with the way things are going sometimes, and um, that's life, man. That's freaking life. How cool is it we had two 
back to back Superman. Back to back Superman. And the week before, you had a Supergirl. Uh-huh. You know, you had someone from Supergirl. So we're ending the season with uh, Supergirl and Just, uh, uh, Super Duper Way to End the Year. Super Duper Way to End the Year. <laughs> so thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Tom Welling. Thank you, Ozzy Tasfai. Um, and encourage you to donate this year if you haven't. Uh, echoesofhope.org for foster youth, um, foodonfoot.org for the homeless uh, situation in Los Angeles. The homeless situation, not the homelessness situation. Yeah, homelessness. Homelessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Foodonfoot.org and uh, the Ronald McDonald House is always a beautiful thing to donate to. Um, thank you for all my lovely patrons for the year who have supported the podcast. I've talked about you all the time because without you, I couldn't do it. And um, so thank you. If you want to join Patreon, the wonderful family, to give back to the show a little more if you feel like you can, that's great. If not, thank you for just listening. Patreon.com slash Inside of You. Um, also, the Inside of You online store has got some great stuff for the holidays and uh, Smallville stuff and autographs and just plenty of stuff out there. And also Sunspin.com if you want to have a Zoom with me and um, uh, also get some cool swag for the band Sunspin, because you see Stephen Amell and Tom Welling always wear the Sunspin hats, the Sunspin mm-hmm. shirts. I fucking, I like it. That's cool. That's nice of them to yeah. do that. Anything else, Ryan? No, man. You don't got anything? Anything you want to say for the end of the year before we wrap this up? Man, I hope the next one is better. I hope we just keep getting better. I think that's important when you just said we need to keep getting we, better. We, as a society. As, we just need to be good to each other. I it's hope. not that hard. Hey. Yeah. Open a door for someone. An act of kindness. It costs nothing to be kind. It costs nothing to be kind. It's harder to be an asshole. Yeah, it is. Ask me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've been an asshole before, I'm sure. Uh, let's get into the top tiers. These are people who give back uh, more than they have to, for sure. These are the top tier patrons. Again, if you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, let's see how many you remember, Ryan. Let's do it. Nancy, D, Leah, S, Sarah, V, Little, Lisa, U, Kiko, Jill, E, Brian, H, Nico, P, Jerry, W, Robert, B, Jason, W, Kristen, K, Amelia, O, Allison, L, Raj, C, Joshua, D, Emily, F, S, S, correct, <laughs> CJ, P, Samantha, M, Jennifer, L, N, N, correct, Stacy, L, correct, Jen, um, if her Hudson, you get five wrongs and you're done. So Jen, <laughs> Jen, what? I don't know. Jen B. Jen S. Jamal F. Correct. Janelle B. Correct. Kimberly E. Mike E. Eldon Supremo ninety nine more. Ramira. Oh, sorry, I said that's Ramira. just Ramira. Santiago M. Chad D. W, that's your first one you've missed, Shit. or second. No. Leanne. There might have been a couple Fs. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.